I actually loved it. Like just from my psychology background, it made so much sense. And I was just like, found it so applicable, even just to day to day life. Yeah, especially because he is a coach for not just athletes, but for salesmen, he makes a comment saying how like your self image, how it is like you to make the sale. So then you're more going to be in that mindset to actually let it play through and let it happen because you're actually thinking of it, thinking that you're capable, like your self-image is telling you that you actually can do it. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I thought as well, like, it's so it's anyone can take that information and apply it to their lives, even if they're not athletes of a high level. Yeah. It was like, just stop limiting yourself in a sense, Uh which was really helpful. I definitely feel like I have that problem of sometimes I've had moments in my barrel racing where I'm like, why am I even going in the alley at this point? Like I felt already so kind of defeated and I was just in such a horrible mental place. And of course you can imagine how that played out. And then looking back at that, you see people that are just so confident. They just go out there basically knowing almost that they're going to win. And I mean, that goes back to the first three chapters we read about in your head, you already technically have one and I just think that's so important to like because I always was like why are these girls just they can just do it like they seem so effortless like they mentally feel like they can do it and they literally do it and I'm just there all like not capable like, that was totally my reason why is I knew in my head I wasn't gonna do it type thing so I relate to that huge because of like moving down here not knowing anybody like I would show up my horse obviously stands out like so that makes me stand out and it's like I felt so like everybody was watching me and I like why am I here you know like I'm at pro rodeos with a bald face paint and everybody's like who's this girl and yeah look at Brittany Barnett like what (laughs) you must love that I know and it's like now that I've been down here a couple years like I dog is chewing on his toy sorry um now that I've been down here and I've competed against the same girls over and over and you know all of I mean I've been to rodeos where Sherry Servi's at and Lisa Lockhart and like I mean it's still cool like there's some nostalgia behind it for sure but it's just just I try and think of it they're just another barrel racer you know exactly I circled the conscious, subconscious, and the um, self-image being really small. Like those kind of those visual representations of the different imbalances in the, the triad state or whatever he calls it. I didn't really, it, I don't know. I didn't really start to think about that. And then I saw like the diagrams and it just made, it just made a whole lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I'm a very visual person too when the one thing that was kind of like a crazy moment for me is when I was looking at that and realizing like you Ayla when you're like when the self-image is a lot smaller it's like you can work at or you can train all day every day every week like you're doing everything to get ready and then the show day comes and your self-image is smaller than everything else like you've done the training you're literally you have the skills and someone told me once it's actually like my one of my mentors and he's just like you know you have the skills to do the thing like you have it and to me the one thing that I wrote in pot like big bold writing is I was like trust your subconscious mind and trust your ability like you know you've trained you know you've done the work you've taken lessons you've 
develop the skill set like through your conscious brain like you've worked hard to achieve that skill so on race day and on your competition day you need to let go of that and what he was saying how you try so hard and I, I'm sure all of us can relate we try so so hard to do it right do it properly how we've been training and that's when it falls to shambles and that's where it almost to me like hurts the most because it's like I'm trying so hard but it's like that's the problem <laughs> like you need to just let go and let your con- like let go of your conscious mind let your subconscious mind take over and perform the task in that way and that's when when you have that more the balance that's when you actually perform the best and to me that was a crazy like I know thought. I agree. You guys in Canada, I know you guys haven't been able to go to barrel races and stuff, unfortunately. But I do and I am not kidding you guys. Like I have never felt so like there. Really? Like I I have no like and I have to relate it to this book, like honestly, because my mindset was just different. My demeanor was different like I was having fun I wasn't worried about winning I I mean I went in there and like normally I'll almost I guess black out going to the first barrel like I half the time I can't even tell you what just happened Mm -hmm. and I mean I was there like the whole time like I didn't get a video of my run on Saturday which I ran my fastest time on Saturday but like I could replay the run in my head which is so not normal such a cool feeling when that happens and it really was and that's like I made a bit change between Friday and Saturday and normally I would have been like oh my god I'm what am I doing and I was totally confident with it like and it worked it was like the right choice he got by his first barrel Friday and Saturday he almost struck it over because it was just so nice and like I not almost drug it over but you know you couldn't have put a piece of paper between it and it was just beautiful and he just you know and typically I've created a really bad habit where I'll like hit him in the neck and I don't know I mean you I'm sure you guys have seen barrel racers do it and I've been trying to break that habit for a really 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 long time and even like a lot of times I would just do it and then I would come watch my video and I'd be like, why did I do that again? Like, I didn't even realize I did it. Mm -hmm. Well, this week, Friday, I went to do it. And before my hand touched his neck, I was like, what am I doing? (laughs) Like, you can see it in the video. I was like this with my hand and like telling myself not to do it. And then Saturday and Sunday, I found my over and under and I whipped him on the way out. No problem. Which is like, I've been trying to break that habit for like a year. You're just so in the moment, like you're just so taking it what they what they say, like stride by stride, like you're actually present mm-hmm. in that moment and you don't black out. And I've had a few runs like that. And the thing that I realized it's like, how can you recreate it? Where he says when you actually get a definition for something, you're able to do it again. Like when you actually define what it is, you're able to replicate it. So now that you've done it once. And you know why you've done it, then now it's going to be so much easier next time you're, you're just going to keep that going. And that to me is like a huge thing of actually understanding kind of like the reason behind that moment that you actually were so mindfully present where you felt it all. And when I've been there, it's like slow motion. It's like, like you said, you can replay it in your head. But when it happened to me, I was kind of like, but what did I change that made that happen? 
where in the book he says when you're actually able to define it then you can actually replicate it and do it more than just once or more randomly when the stars align and like it goes right so that's awesome I'm super happy and I've been to that same pen last year I went in July and I asked somebody because I ran a full second faster more than a full second faster than in July and I asked if they like I looked they have lasers the timers are on lasers so everything should be the same I don't know that 100% but it should be and the ground in July is typically a little slower there because the humidity and it's just so heavy but um not a second and a half slower like and I remember completely clear as day like I went in there on Saturday last year when I was there and I was just hauling balls like going for it like I'm gonna win you know what I mean like just thinking about winning and like I mean it was an awful run like we ran up the fence like not like up the fence but to the fence and you know it was just a mess of a run and then I went there this past weekend and I wasn't trying at all and I still clocked a second and a half faster and it was just so crazy but I can't wait for you guys to run and see like what you think I know same (laughs) I'm happy that you've had successful runs thank you I'm pumped I'm pumped to like get a couple runs under my belt because how I feel right now after reading even just to five chapters I feel like it's really kind of putting you on like a nice roadmap for when you go to the race you have tools in your brain to actually like do the things that you know you can do and do it properly and like you said just more relaxed and focused and present which is great um with that being said the one thing I wrote down which has to do with just the whole mental preparation or just the visualization where success is not an accident and that when you are able to think about the positive or negative, you only think of one thing at a time. And I thought that was kind of an interesting thought to maybe change your mindset or change how you feel about yourself that you actually do have control over the things you think. And you can't think about knocking the barrel and then having a smoking barrel at the same time. Like you can't think of the negative and the positive at the same time. And I thought that was really interesting because then it, it makes you realize how like how I guess important and strong your thoughts really are so if you have control over that Mm -hmm. then it kind of made me feel like I actually would have more control over my views and moreover being more positive as opposed to thinking of what could go wrong and thinking more of what actually could go right and always being aware of that I'm literally taking notes I'm literally writing that exact point the principle of mental management number one like which is what you're talking about. I'm literally writing it exactly as you're saying it like the actions I take control of what I picture choosing to think about what I want to create in my life exactly and that doesn't just apply to barrel racing like it's everything if you it and you live day to day in that positive mindset of seeing what you can do and always seeing like picturing the positive in a situation or the positive potential outcome and it's not just for barrel racing but literally for everything that you're doing it is so cool because I've always like I said I've gone into pens and I'm like just hauling ass like I'm gonna win you know and I'm just 
going for it completely and I was never focused on just making a good run like whether it's fast or not and exactly what you're saying it's like crazy yeah um I don't know where he says it It says something I'm trying to find it in the actual book but yeah where he says um by the way negative thoughts work the same way or whatever I was like I felt so called out I was like uh -uh. do you know (laughs) yeah on the same note as well I'm just looking at what I wrote and this is literally me to a t and I tell people like don't give me advice and or I am very particular about who I actually will listen to at a barrel race to take advice because like what he his example was one thing but my example is just hearing someone say let's say don't knock a barrel whatever you do do not knock your barrel you've knocked all weekend do not knock that second barrel do not pull your outside at second like all these things and it makes you do it and he was literally saying that I'm like this is like this was a huge hurdle that I overcame and just saying like okay when I go in like I just really want to make sure I don't do this but in your brain you're literally telling and you do it you do it yeah and to me I was like holy shit like that was such a light bulb moment to realize five or six it was the first year that I started rodeoing on him and I was completely crushed because I hit every second barrel like (laughs) or like I don't know it was like 15 rodeos in a row and like I said that was my first year out on the road rodeoing and like why can I not stop hitting the second barrel and every time I would say I just want to go make a run and not hit the second barrel like if I would have just left that last part out and stopped thinking about it, mm-hmm. probably would have kept barrels up. But I just kept saying, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then my brain was like, oh, it's barrel. <laughs> you get so fixated on it, even though you're telling yourself not to do it. You're literally technically telling yourself, like, it's what you're, what you hear is most likely what you're actually going to do. So that's where you talking about the positive reinforcement of saying, always thinking of the positive and in that sense, not saying like, I don't want to do this. And you change that to, I want to do this and I want to do this only. And it's always about what, and that's where they say, like when you visualize your perfect runs, it's like, you always are thinking about what you want to happen. And you just kind of keep that. It's like a positive, it's more positive of like, I need this. I want this to happen. And only in like cutting off the other party. You have to play like the opposite game with yourself. So like, if you don't want to hit a barrel, you're going to make a clean run. You're not going to not hit a barrel, you know, and it just, it sends different signals to your brain, which is weird, but cool. Good to know. Like, (laughs) happy to learn that after reading that chapter. I'm like, all right. Me too. (laughs) It's funny. It just makes it like, feels like you're being called out on years of your life. eh? It's good though. It's one chapter. Yeah. At least yeah, no, it is really good. It's kind of surprising when you all of a sudden read it, when all of a sudden it's presented to you on paper. It's like, oh, wow. That's <laughs> true. Anyone else have anything that they want to say that kind of spoke to them? I highlighted in here something about praise good performance and the good performance will repeat. Yeah. And that like said something to me because like, I'll have a good run and I'll watch the video and post the video and everything. But when I have a bad run and I have a video, 
I will sit there and pick it to shreds and just watch it and 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 watch it. And that stuck out to me because why am I not watching good runs and, you know, rather than just watch the video, see what happened, delete it if you had a bad run. Don't keep them. Yeah. Or kind of, yeah. And that's, yeah, he did say that he goes, I don't think about my bad shots. I just move past it. But at the same side, I've had it where the opposite happens where I'm at a, like, we're down in the States. We're at a big long weekend barrel race and I had a super awesome first run. And then my second run, I'm like, I literally had a day in between my next run. And I think I watched that first run a billion times. Like I was so fixated on how freaking sweet it was. And then I go do it again and I totally like flunked because I think again, you're kind of, I was too fixated on that result at that time where I needed to let it go. It's like, you just need to let it go if it was good or bad. You need to like, it happened, it's in the past and kind of just back to the present moment. It's like that happened, it's said and done, but we're- Well, and that goes, that goes along with just- not saying that you're not humble but that just goes along with staying humble like and knowing like yes that was a super awesome run but anything could happen tomorrow so you need to be ready and see you made that really really good run and you were so overconfident that you could go do it again probably I'm assuming I was just it was like I just wanted to do that again but I was too focused on the past where I was I needed to or you want to do better then yeah. and then you get to the point where you're over trying yeah back to the- and it's where you're like this past weekend I just went in three different times into the same pen and I didn't worry about what the you know I ran a four an O, and then a three mm-hmm. and you know yeah you're just so. you're taking it run by run you're not too over concerned about what already happened you're just Yes. There to have a winning performance, and that's all you can really exactly. (laughs) Totally. It's like don't don't let your highs be too high, and don't let your lows be too low. Exactly. Definitely, there's a balance there for sure, and for sure. The one thing I guess moving on, which was probably one of my favorites of all these, is chapter five, talking about goal setting. To me like how this spoke to me and I feel like I'm always like that in general I'm very optimistic after I hear results like I feel like if you're learning some like I've just always just kind of like the words like if you're learning something it was a positive experience in that sense even if it sucked but there's still always some aspect that was okay like either you learned something or just you know something like that and that's where he really he pretty much all of chapter five talked about that and I thought that was really awesome to hear that and just the self-validation of saying you know what your goals need to be process oriented not result oriented and that was a big thing for me because I've been there where I'm like and it goes back to all the other chapters it's like I want to win and you think of that but he says you know people that have those stellar years they never plan on that because you can't control the outcome you only can control how you do you can't control how other people do. You only can focus on you. And I thought that was a huge point that I definitely need that reminder. And I always do try and remind myself, but I really like that about chapter five. I found out that I suck at setting goals. <laughs> 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 I don't do it just right. <laughs> yeah. 
I said something just about goal setting. Like I don't really set like smart goals or take time to write goals down. Like that's definitely not my style. Like maybe it should be more. I'm not truly sure if that's a problem or not, but I just thought like even for goal setting for a barrel race, I always unconsciously almost set goals of just thinking of what I actually want to accomplish. And if it depends, like if you're on a younger horse, you're just, I really, you like, if you want to get your second barrels, like, I just really am going to try to focus on that this weekend. I'm not going to try to win the race. Cause usually when you have that mindset of like the result based kind of thing, it's not going to work out. So it's always about kind of your own goals within yourself. And I just really love that because it kind of takes you away from the whole competition aspect of your, of comparing yourself to others. And it's more about you and what you accomplish. And it doesn't mean it has to be the results, but it's just your own personal wins. And I love that. I liked where he was talking about uh, accomplishment versus attainment Mm -hmm. because I've always wanted to be accomplished. Yeah. And now I have a different thought process on that because where he was talking about like it doesn't measure who you become and it's true like if I were to you know obviously I'm sure you guys have big huge goals too like my biggest goal is to make the NFR one year you know what I mean like I'll admit that it is one of my biggest goals but there's so many other things that go into that and I'm not meant to make the NFR this year. Like I'm not the person that I need to be right to make the NFR this year mm-hmm. or next year. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. there's a lot that needs to happen between now and then. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. Like, but that's where the process comes in and becoming who you need to be. That is actually such a good point. And I totally relate to that. Just even with the whole we can hustle stuff. It's like I want to be that person but I'm literally I'm not doing the things to get me there right now and it's like I'm not who I need to become to accomplish that or to get to that point and that's exactly the same thing as the NFR it's like you're just not who you need to be yet and that's the huge that's the whole part of the journey and it's not just about that finish line or the result it's about you need to become that person you're not doing quite the things yet or you're not there yet but you know what you kind of need to become. And I kind of like thinking of that because you're putting yourself, you're thinking of yourself in the future as like that bigger person, as a better, more well-rounded individual that's capable of handling the stress and competition and everything that goes involved in that thing that you want to obtain. And I think that is just like, it's just so important to always kind of have that in your head Thinking of that, it made me think of when I was interning in the States and I had some, I was working for some top futurity trainers and they were horrible humans. And it was kind of like, you're really good, but I feel like they missed that point of kind of it's like who you're becoming in that process of just being like a, you know, like a good person. And maybe they just got, I'm not saying they got lucky by any means, but I feel when you kind of get that whole picture things might happen a bit easier for you. And kind of like what you said, if you're just doing the things like the book says, and you actually are becoming that person that you need to become, it will make it easier. Yeah, there are people that go out there and beat you and you you know that they're just not a good person. Mm-hmm. And, but that, that goes along. Sometimes the stars just aren't where they need to be for you. 
and that's okay like but it's all part of part of it but you know it resonates with me that quote in chapter five it says your value as a person is more a function of your character your beliefs and your actions towards others than it is of your results on the playing field I love that that is awesome that's like yeah to me that that's kind of where you I guess you base your goals like what's important to you and I feel if you're that like what you just said Hazel if you can be that person then I feel the universe should just help you in that way and to me that's always been my goal and if you know it comes with like the learning learning everything that you're doing and you know helping people or just in that aspect I think it goes a long way like farther than some people realize it was a good it was good five chapters like I feel like I'm gonna have to read this book on a yearly basis and there's so many good like affirmations I just want to like write down and repeat like Hazel wrote down and stuff but yeah there's so literally many literally writing things. stuff down right now oh another one that I really like is complaining is negative reinforcement like I felt personally called out because like sometimes not gonna lie I like complain and I don't like that about myself but I'm just like no it's so true like you I definitely tend to be more of a glass half empty person so I'm like really trying to be more glass half full and like that really resonated with me like the more negative I am the easier it is to get into that cycle and you have to like be like no like be stronger than that and start like building the positive cycle and once you get like that going it's almost easier to keep the positive going after that and yeah it's like doing those things like not complaining or kind of catching yourself if you want to rant and just dump everything which I mean sometimes it feels good to like let things out that are happening but there's definitely a line when you cross where it becomes not healthy or it's not a positive thing that's helping you anymore it's just something that yeah you're feeding into that negativity into that negative space and that's in my mind I keep picturing that like you know that thing like the rubber band on your wrist where you snap it when you do something bad I keep thinking about that in my mind when I I'm all of a sudden ever since the reading these chapters I'm becoming more conscious of the negative thoughts that I have and I'm trying to like picture that rubber band in my head and I'm like snapping it no that's bad yeah I'm gonna put on my wrist so when I go to make get on my horse if I'm doing something bad that I'm gonna I've never heard that before no. oh really I've that. never heard that but I'm totally yeah. gonna do it <laughs> it's, it's actually like just it's it's so smart I like is there anything else on that that anybody else wanted to say I don't want you guys to think that we're like overpowering if you want to say something just like chime in I do want to say after hearing y'all talk about the book I'm so excited to read it I haven't gotten to read it yet and one thing I struggle with anything is I overthink everything whether it's school barrel racing (laughs) driving (laughs) like literally anything I get so nervous about Mm -hmm. and it's a struggle sometimes and Saturday, this Saturday, I have my second round ever on my new horse. Just a tad terrified. <laughs> it happens. So, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, the first go. run was not the best. So, that's okay. Sorry. 
if it's your if it's a new horse I mean you start somewhere and that's what he talks about it's the process technically you made a huge step because you got your first run out of the way and I think when you get like that first step or like that first bit done it becomes so much easier because like the hardest part is over I think like the initial first time is usually the hardest so as somebody with like some pretty extreme anxiety a lot of the time I always find that like the lead up the the thought the thought process that's behind the lead up to the event is so much worse than than it could ever be because you just can't help but go over possible bad thing that could happen Mm -hmm. and like once you get through it it's like oh you know it's it's a really tough process to 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 get over that and I will say the first time I ever even got to practice run on her I was thinking of everything possible that could go wrong and the person that owned her before me I went and worked with them because I was terrified to run her like I didn't want to run her at home so I went to work with him and he was like chill out nothing bad is going to happen I promise you nothing bad is going to happen you're acting like the sky is falling it's not I promise I think this book is really going to help you because it's it talks a lot about the building blocks to get to the end goal like you have to set like you can't just jump jump from here to here you have to take each individual step or you're gonna break your leg like you know so I think this book will be really good for you too I'm honestly shocked at how much of an impact this book has had on me in the last week and a half like me too as somebody who kind of I mean I find especially in the winter like I really struggle with my motivation and you know I find like i it bothers me that I get kind of lazy in the winter, but you know, a lot of the time the weather, like it just, it compounds. And in the like week and a half, two weeks since we've been reading this book, like even the last couple of days, I've actually started exercising. And like I did, Shelby, I did what you're the one video um, for the fitness thing just before this. And like, I've actually been pushing myself to go out and, you know, it was a rainy day today and I didn't get to ride. So I pushed myself to do the workout because I'm like, you know, conscious now that I need to be an athlete and take care of myself like an athlete the same way that we expect our horses to be. And yeah, like, I just, I can't believe that in two weeks I'm becoming this motivated person. And I'm like, wow. What? Like, it's I agree. Just- it's insane. The impact five chapters have. And it, when you said something about reading the book every year, Shelby, it would be so cool for us to all like take notes this year and then in a year like go back and read it again and see like what else like sticks out because and it is because like a lot of different things are sticking out to each of us and that's why the book club's so cool because like there's I think Katie said something I can't remember now what it was but it stuck out to me when she said it but when I read it it obviously didn't because I don't have it highlighted there's just different things that stick out specifically and then we get in here and point this and that out and do like a different point of view and it's like wow that's so cool where he said determine a goal worth trading your life for literally like I like got goosebumps because you know like the NFR goal that I have is literally worth like everything to me like that would be 
I sit and watch the NFR and I like get so into it. And that is like my life. Those 10 days is like my life revolves around watching those girls run at the NFR. And that paragraph where he said what his grandpa's last words were about um he was disappointed that he never went for it and like I feel like I really go for it with everything I do so that that was kind of cool that always has been such a powerful force for me of just thinking of because to me time perspective is really real and I'm always thinking like you know, now like I don't want to have those regrets and I've always been super mindful and aware of the potential of that happening and totally that definitely spoke with me as well because it's like if you don't do that then what is your life like if you don't sacrifice potentially those things to get that like to get what you want truly and you waste not wasted your life but you deep down know that you didn't fulfill the thing like that you were called to do or that you had that calling that inner drive to accomplish and to do and I have a hard time because like you know you have that huge dream and it's like eh, if I do this today it's not gonna matter when I'm at the NFR in however many years but this book really makes it real that it is gonna matter and those little goals in between are what really do matter Like it says to set big goals, of course, but you have to make sure you're setting, you know, because all of us can just say, well, I want to go to the NFR one one day, like one one year. There's a different quote, not from from this book. And I can't, I don't remember who said it, but I just remember it. I have a little box of quotes that I like that I write down. And there's one that I remember reading that was, it's not about the happy ending. What you need to focus, focus on is the happy beginning and the happy middle. Yes. And I thought that that really, that really resonated with me, which is like, when you said that all of a sudden it just came out of the back of my mind and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, it's a really good point. Cause the little goals do matter. You know, if you need to keep your horse in shape so you can go to the circuit rodeos so you can make the circuit finals so you can make the ram national finals so you can make the amount of money you need to go to the nfr like all that stuff matters and if you don't ride your horse one day or you're just like eh, i don't need to work him and eh, i don't need to work him he can run he's fine it all matters because you're not gonna win at those circuit rodeos you're not going to make it to the circuit finals you're not going to make it to ram national finals like it just all falls in place and those little things are important exactly because there's always going to be that person that does those things on the day that you don't exactly Mm -hmm. there's another book that i've read and it's like the difference between successful people and the not successful people is the successful people are willing to do what the non-successful people aren't mm-hmm. again though, and it's so true I find it's a lot of the the motivation to do it and I love Hazel that you were like wanting to work out and do that thing because you like we just said or like you guys just said how that does make a difference and I mm-hmm. definitely I've realized this about myself but when I was younger or in school I'd be like oh when I'm finished this course I'm gonna be this person 
but I was just focused on like, it's kind of the same as going to the NFR. It's like, oh, when I'm in the NFR, I'm going to be like that. But it's like, you can take those actions today to make you become that, not think of like, oh, but in the future, I'm going to be like that. But it's like, what are you doing right now to actually push you to that point? And I was always just kind of like lazy, I guess. It's like a way to just me being like, well, future Shelby's going to take care of it. But I'm like, but I'm here right now. Like, what am I actually doing right now to get me there? And to me, that's such a good driving force to better myself and to just be a better person, more, you know, like learning and reading these books and just doing all that stuff. And I find that's been a huge game changer to just stay really motivated, like on the daily, like you just said. Yeah, and that's like future Shelby won't be who you want her to be if you're not doing it right being now. who you need to be like literally the only now and I it's like you said like the way you said that you said I think you if you go to the NFR you're an amazing you know that you've reached your goal you're becoming you're a really great person but like the with the reading and stuff it's kind of like you need to change that to you know I am going to be a really, really great person. And because of that, I'm going to go to the NFR, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. You're going to do the things you have to do to yeah. go to the NFR. Yeah. yeah. I think it's kind of like that, the accomplishment versus attainment thing. Oh, uh, and there's another part in here where he says, make sure your goals aren't pipe dreams. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I feel like a lot of girls have the NFR pipe dream, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. just, not like... Yeah. I'm going to the NFR. It's- I don't know that the NFR is ever really going to be a realistic thing for me because, you know, I just don't think that I, I just, the, the way, the, the place that I'm at, the direction I want my life to go. Like, I don't really know that the NFR is a huge goal for me personally. Right. And that's totally fine. Like the Canadian finals. I think for me personally is a much more realistic goal. I mean, it's still a big goal, but it's much more realistic. And that this chapter got me really thinking about that and kind of thinking, you know, you're right. The NFR for me personally, I recognize it is a bit of a pipe dream. So I want to set a big goal to keep working towards, but one that I'm not going to set myself up automatically to fail at. Right. And that's, yeah. And that's totally, I mean, not everybody's going to have the goal to go to the NFR, you know, like, Cassie Maury and Ashley Schaefer and those girls, they don't care to make the NFR. Their big goal is to train nice horses that other people can ride. And that's fine. They could compete at the NFR if they wanted to, but that's not their goal. And that's totally, you know, and people that compete at the Canadian finals could, you know, and that's the the WCRA. If you listen to the Gage podcast at all, in his sponsorship like ad he says if if you can compete with the pros but you just don't want to be out on the road doing I mean it takes a lot to make an NFR or a big finals like not anybody not everybody's just cut out for it or can handle it or you know just not in there they just don't even want to do it though like Hayes just said like it's just that achievement isn't in their future and that's totally fine like everyone has their own set of goals or their own things in their own life plans that they have kind of visualized for themselves and you know everyone's different and I definitely have an NFR dream but or to be like a top future <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
that's just me but yeah again yeah. like I don't like there's absolutely nothing wrong with just having everyone has their own set of goals and it's just a matter of how you actually plan for it to achieve it I think your goals are honestly like such a they're on there's such a personal thing that you on you can't really compare your goal with anybody else's exactly because there's such a reflection of who you are as a person and where you are in your life at the time when you're setting the goal and like yeah I feel like and that's something that I think I need to work on is not comparing you know my goals to the goals of others and thinking that you know I'm less or more you know whatever it's just I think it's something that I've been learning as I get older. And again, this book has brought out in the last couple of weeks that, you know, it's just become something that's really been on my mind a lot. Totally. Goals are definitely personal. I gotta say that I really enjoy doing these. This is fun. Me too. So nice to connect with other like, like-minded ladies. <laughs> I've done the book clubs with Plexus for quite a while now and of course those book clubs are related more to like directed towards business and that sort of thing but like they're still awesome and everything but I really like doing this because we're talking about something that is so absolutely like um a passion of mine and like the business stuff it is like I do want to be an entrepreneur entrepreneur and like do good with that but this is like my life you know passion yeah so this book club is super fun and I catch myself when I'm reading my books with Plexus like I'm trying to find a way to make that like I'll think about it in a business standpoint but then I'll think about it from a horse trainer rider standpoint too Mm -hmm. which is fine like but it's always like the barrel racing thing is just always right there. Mm-hmm. You always kind of relate it back to like, how's it supply as a barrel racer? Or I'm the same way. Like, how do I take this information as a horse trainer and apply it to how I train horses? Everything. That's me too. And so, yeah, this book club's really cool because it is just specifically about that. And it's fun to read from a Olympian standpoint. Olympic shooter standpoint and my brain automatically everything that he says just switches it right from Olympic shooting to NFR caliber racing like every time yeah it completely translates over to barrel racing it doesn't and that's what I love it's like it doesn't matter who you ask but when someone's at the top to that level it is like they they know things of how they got there like it like he said success is not an accident like it was, it was planned, it was figured out, they did all the right things. And yeah, that's what I love. Like you can just learn so much from someone like that and apply it to your own life, which is like the best thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I mean, I, I have like, I have all kinds of respect for all of these Olympic athletes, but I never, before, until reading this, I never thought about sh- like rifle shooting specifically and honestly I kind of feel like it a lot of what he's saying specific to rifle shooting really does apply to riding as well because it's so much about you know going on on the inside of your head and what you're doing with your body and all and I just I thought it was so cool when he said something about controlling your heart rate yeah yeah I was like 
oh my god because if I feel my heart rate go up I can feel my horses like instantly mm-hmm. and how he was talking about you can't pull, you have to pull the trigger between heartbeats I was like what how can you even feel that you know like the subtleties that he was talking about were just so specific that I mean I couldn't help but compare it to riding because it's kind of like it's the same it's all about those subtleties and yeah I was I I really never thought about rifle shooting in that way but all of a sudden I'm like wow you know (laughs) like I just have huge respect all of a sudden my horse will lose his shit if my heart rate goes up like it's so bad yeah even I was he feeds off me like you would not believe yeah like kind of similar but I was just telling my mom this tonight like we're riding and her horse is super hot and I said release your legs like because I said like when you're squeezing your legs even that's telling your horse to like push out from under you and making them go faster that's like that mare that I have like just like release your knees like let your knees and that's when they say like relax your body but what you're doing is just like opening up your legs kind of like just relaxing your knees, your hips. So like the horse has somewhere to go. And again, like when you're so nervous and you're tense and tight, it's like your horse is literally doing the same thing. <laughs> it's not a rifle, but it's so like, it's still so relatable. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My horse is basically a shotgun. <laughs> you get this point. This is the term relax your asshole. <laughs> Shout it across the ring. And it's the funniest thing, but it's kind of the same thing is all of a sudden you're like, you just relax your entire body and uh, you know as somebody who has watched the riders that she's yelling it to and has been one of the riders like it's just what does she yell relax your asshole (laughs) that's what she says and i keep you out she will scream it across the ring it's so good like it just yeah it's true like when you get (laughs) nervous time you're riding and just experience it it's I just die every time don't hate it or don't knock it till you try it (laughs) it's so true to hear that hear that gotta relax her asshole yeah really like hearing that but maybe like said in a different way (laughs) sometimes when we're out in public she says ria like r-y-a she'll say ria 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 and you're like that's okay (laughs) she does have a more tactic tactful way to say it in public so nice well that's good (laughs) there you have it for the end of our second ever book club i hope you enjoyed this conversation and honestly it was just so nice and fun to get together read a really powerful book that has totally helped my mindset as well as everyone else's if this is something you want to join in please send me a message you can find my social at we can hustle on all the platforms and you want to join us with this it's open to everybody it's free you just have to buy the book and we chat about it every single week so again i hope you like this and stay tuned for the next week's episode where we will discuss the further chapters you don't want to miss it so please follow along with us reach out if you want to join this is a group thing we can hustle and we need to do it together so i hope you have a great day thank you for listening and We will talk soon.